It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. My initial thoughts following the Washington Commanders' first loss of this new season and why there's still a reason for Commanders fans to believe as we near the first NFC East divisional matchup for this team. All of that coming up right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the WUSA 9 Plus app. Just download the WUSA 9 Plus app from your Roku or Amazon Fire Stick. No matter how you're joining us, we thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. I am David Harrison, writer for Commanders Country on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, covering your Washington Commanders credentialed member of the media not in Detroit. I was actually in New Orleans with my Bucks game day assignment, my other part of my uh, Sports Illustrated Fan Nation duties. So this is the first time we're talking following the Washington Commanders loss to the Detroit Lions, an unfortunate loss, not the way that anybody wanted it to go, especially you guys, and I promise you, especially the team as well. But it is what it is. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less in their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to ten times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a one hundred percent instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars with the promo code Locked On. That's PrizePicks.com. Use the promo code Locked On again. Thank you for making us your first listener view of the day, guys. Following Sunday's loss to the Detroit Lions, a lot of people are calling for the job of defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. Very, very quickly, this uh, this whole environment around the Commanders franchise went from hopeful and, and excited uh, and everything. And honestly, I'll be honest, I felt kind of the excited energy around the fan base during the offseason training camp, stuff like that. Obviously, there was a moment during the preseason where things weren't going all that well. Uh, and then Jacksonville really kind of turned things up a little bit. I was really hoping you guys would get a win uh, from this team in Detroit to come back home to FedEx Field this coming weekend. Uh, where we will be on hand to watch uh, this team's first NFC East divisional matchup as the Philadelphia Eagles come in. I am sure that Chris is going to get into Jack Del Rio, or he may have already. To be to full disclosure, I have not listened to Chris's postgame uh, reaction episode because I don't want any of Chris's thoughts blending in with mine and skewing what I have to say uh, to you guys. So I want to make sure that my thoughts are coming to you, purely my thoughts, nobody else's influence, so that's what you're getting here. So Chris hasn't already talked about Jack. I'm sure he's going to talk about Jack because you guys are talking about Jack Del Rio uh, a lot. And I don't want Chris to be the only one putting himself out there with his thoughts on Jack Del Rio. So here are my thoughts on Jack Del Rio. First and foremost, no, I don't think the Washington commander should fire him. Um, And I know it's going to surprise a lot of you. A lot of you are not going to agree, but listen to the reasoning behind it all. Now, do I like the way the defense played against the Detroit Lions? No, of course not. Absolutely not. Nobody likes the way that uh, the Washington Commanders defense played against the Detroit Lions. There were spurts here and there. There were plays here and there. Absolutely. But overall, generally speaking, it was just not indicative of what this team wants to put on the field. Um, but 
if you fire Jack Del Rio, right? I kind of look at it like uh, we talk about like late preseason players and training camp. Like, like you know, we talked about those with linebackers. A lot of people wanted this team to go out there and find a new starting linebacker. I mean, Roquan Smith was probably the closest thing you could even get to that in the trade compensation you would have had to give to Chicago if that were to ever go down would have been enormous and ridiculous and probably not worth it. Um, but the bottom line is, at the end of August, early September, there are no starting quarterbacks. There's no starting caliber linebackers just walking around looking for a job. Well, mid to late September, guys, there's no NFL defensive coordinators just walking around looking for a job. Like, you know, those guys all have jobs for a reason. And, yeah, you could turn into the staff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, Chris Harris is, is a guy who's interviewed for defense coordinator jobs uh, before and all those things. And certainly he could potentially be an interim defensive coordinator for this team, but he can't come in and just become an interim defense coordinator. It's okay, guys, we're just going to completely flip the script on everything that we're doing. He is a coach on this coaching staff. Like he has a role and an influence in the secondary, obviously uh, with his, with his position on this coaching staff. So I kind of lean back to what Ron Rivera said. If you're going to blame anybody, blame, blame everybody, right? Some players are out of the positions. Coaches aren't making the right decisions, all these things, but by and large, it's a team sport. It's a team product. This team needs to either go down with with each other or or not at all. Hopefully, just turn things around and just start winning, right? So firing Jack Del Rio two weeks into the season really honestly doesn't make sense because a lot of people, just on top of just that that basic compound, like you're not getting a different deep. Like this defense is going to run the same scheme. They're going to run the same plays, run the same calls because you just can't possibly, I don't care who you bring in, you can't install a brand new defense and still expect to have a chance to push for a playoff. It's just not going to be possible. Um, but beyond that, right, we'll also talk about the fact that it's we're, we're in week two. It was ugly, you know what I mean? But we're in week two. Let's give it a little bit of time. Even if you're going to make a midseason, because, you know, midseason replacements firings do happen, and, and you know, I will, I will stand by my reasoning. But, you know, if you get into, like, week 13, 14, and things are really out of hand, then, okay, fine. I see why. You know, you kind of get a head start on just rinsing the bad taste out of your mouth and get started. Uh, with the new, but Ron Rivera talked about some team deficiencies on Monday as well and said some things that got some of you guys going. So I wanted to also talk about that here in, in the first segment and here are a couple quotes. It's not all the quotes, but here's a couple. So one of them quote, well, we probably got, or probably a little bit of the biggest problem more so than anything else was just too many explosive plays. This is what Rivera said, talking about uh, what happened in Detroit. That's probably the biggest culprit of the day was we gave up opportunities to not allow those plays. Those plays should have been kept to a minimal game. And because we were out of position, they were able to exploit it, end quote. So, again, that's just one quote of what he said. But basically, the gist of it, I saw some of your guys' reactions during the press conference, is that he's basically putting it on the players. And I want to go back to post-game, right, where Ron Rivera said, again, I've already kind of referenced it. If you're going to blame one person, you blame everybody. We're all responsible for this. So I don't think Ron is trying to put it on one person or, you know, three people or what have you. I think Ron is just trying to answer these questions as honestly uh, as possible. So if you're going to... So if, you're, if, if that's kind of the angle you went with it, I don't I would just say, look at the entire body of work, right? Don't take one singular comment and say, well, this is what Ron believes. Take all the comments that Ron has given over the years and even just this weekend uh, or coming into the week and, and then put those together. And if you listen to what Ron is saying, he's saying that it's a it's a group product, coaches and players alike. But players do have to execute their schemes. But he's also said that coaches have to put the players in the position to be successful. So he's saying all the all the right things. You just got to take it in totality. Don't take it. Uh, in slices, but I will say this: Jack Del Rio before the game, right, called out Jamin Davis. Didn't really like call him out, call him out, and that's not how he put it. But basically, said, look, Jamin's got to play better. We expect better of him, uh, stuff like that. And I will tell you, Jamin Davis looked better in training camp than we're seeing 
in the season. So did Kendall Fuller, to be completely honest with you. Um, so did Cole Holcomb, you know what I mean, who didn't have a great, uh, great game against the Detroit Lions. So there's a lot of uh, things happening here. But if you as a coach, and this is something that I know you guys are talking about and I actually agree with you on, if a coach is going to start calling out players, and if we're going to start saying we got one guy out of position or we had this guy out of position, and, and maybe you're not calling them out specifically, but we're going to talk about this here in a minute. You can watch filming. You can watch the plays over again and kind of deduce a little bit of who might have been out of play. People are going to start talking about this. Names are going to start getting thrown out there. If you're going to do that as a coach, there has to be repercussions. You can't just continue to throw a guy out like Jamin Davis and say he's got to get better. He's got to do more, be more consistent. We expect more out of him, da, 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 and continue to start him every single week because – not just the fan base, not just the media. The guys in the locker room see that, and they hear this. Jamie gets called out every week, and if the coaches are calling him out, there's a good chance that the players agree with him inside the locker room. But Jamie is still playing, and, and I'm, I'm picking on Jamie right now, and I don't want to. I don't want to be. Don't get me twisted. I'm not sitting here saying you know pounding the table. Jamie Davis needs to be benched this weekend. But what I'm saying is, that as the coaching staff, if this continues to be a trend where we're going to continue identifying, well, there was a player out of position, or there was a guy not doing their job, or Jamie needs to get better, or what have you there eventually has to be a repercussion as a leader, as a coach on this team. You can't just continue to let a guy or a couple of guys who are going to continue to be out of position and cause problems for this team to continue to go out there and do so, call them out publicly, but then do nothing within the organization. And that's, that's my opinion on it. So that's my opinion on Jack. It's my opinion on whether or not Ron, I don't think Ron's putting it all in the players, but I think he's starting to be a little bit more honest on, Look, we had a guy out of position on this specific play. He talked about some specific plays, and there's a guy out of position here. It's a guy who didn't contain there. And again, he's not saying their names, but you go back and watch it. You can deduce who he's talking about. So that's just my opinion. If you're going to start doing that, then you have to start doing things internally as well to hold them accountable and either remove them from the field or get them right, motivate them in another way uh, to get them right. So those are my thoughts on Jack Del Rio. Those are my thoughts on whether or not Ron Rivera is putting everything on the players. Uh, agree with them or don't agree with them. Always happy to listen to respectable discourse um, as as it comes through. So, speaking of respectable discourse, rental car companies been around forever. They know the business. They know how to run it. They've been doing it forever. But you know what? Sometimes a new guy comes into the area. A new guy comes into the business and kind of changes things a little bit. And that's what Turo is doing. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. So this isn't a rental car company. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want from a community of local. Hosts browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Many Turo hosts can even deliver that car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions and exclusions do apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again, Commanders fans, for making us first listener your first view every single day. 
What do we need Washington to sustain and what do we need them to improve before this next game against Philadelphia Eagles? We're going to dive into that here in just a moment. But first, we're going to hear from our guy LP out in New Jersey. My boys, Rooster and David, how you doing? It's LP in New Jersey. Uh, much different phone call than I thought I would make about an hour ago. That's why I didn't make it immediately. You know, this this loss was, and I'm sure you're going to hear a lot of, you know, sadness and negativity calls. Uh, this loss was kind of personal in a way for me. I'll try to make it quick. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, here's why it was more personal than normal. Uh, my boys, I got two boys, and, you know, we live in New Jersey. I've never taken them to a game. Uh, I took them to a Giants-Redskins game, but never, you know, to the stadium. You know, they were young, and, you know, they're not huge sports guys. They're coming into this kind of slowly, especially since we stink. <laughs> Um, but we're going next week. We're going to the Philly uh, game. So I really kind of wanted a win so that the place would be just insane and they would kind of really fall in love with that whole atmosphere and everybody going nuts. And so I'm, ho- I'm still hoping that happens. So that was the personal part of this and I'm disappointed. But here's the thing I didn't expect to say. You know, the first quarter of the season never ever for any team looks anything like the rest of the season or even the second part or the second quarter. It never ever ever looks the same. So I'm not going to get down in the in the dumps. Uh, I'm going to say that it never looks the same after the first quarter of the season, right? Um, so I'm going to hang my hat on that and hope that it's still rocking uh, at the stadium next week when we go. And to all my guys that call in, uh, look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks, guys. All right. Always love from hearing. Always love hearing from our guy out there in New Jersey, man. Look, I hope for you and for your, for your children's sake. I hope FedEx is rocking on on Sunday afternoon. Um, that that would just be great. I want to see all you guys out there as, as many fans as you be out there. You guys make the game day experience better for all involved. I think. But listen, there there are things to be excited about. Like even though this loss was ugly, even though this loss was 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 just a, almost a complete one eighty in, in a lot of ways from what happened in Jacksonville. There are still things to be excited about, and that's what I'm going to key in on. For this this segment that I kind of just came up with, sustain and improve, and the things that I want to see this team sustain moving into this Philadelphia Eagles uh, contest, which would give everybody in attendance excitement for for the game and, and for the day, is the pass distribution and in, in, in the passing game. Carson Wentz is spreading the ball around, but the way he's spreading the ball around is very very effective. Five players on Sunday against the Detroit Lions had five or more. Targets those players: Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, J.D. McKissick, and Logan Thomas. Within those five players, again, those are the five players who got five more targets. Within those five players, Carson Wentz was twenty-five of thirty-four, completing seventy-four percent of his passes, three hundred and three yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And I'm not a QBR expert, right? So I can't get you down to like a pinpointy QBR, but that's around a one hundred and ten QBR. So that's pretty stinking good when you when you look uh, at that. Like the rest of the receivers, the rest of the targets that he threw out there only counted for like thirty something yards uh, on Sunday. So that is the bulk of Carson Wentz's success right there is coming right there. And I know he was high on that interception that went off of Logan's hands and the Detroit Lions uh, defenders' hands, and then ultimately into another Detroit Lions' hands. But you know that's really kind of where this thing is going. You look back to Jacksonville; that's kind of really where this thing got going as well. Antonio Gibson involved in Week One a little bit more. So you can throw him in there uh, as well. But that's what I want to see this team continue to do. More specifically, the commander's best possession in this game, guys, came on their 11th drive. I'm charting this thing. Like like I said, um, 
I, you know, I came into the, I charted this game just like I would if I was in the press box, right? The, the, the Bucks and the Commanders played at the same time. So I'm in the press box in New Orleans while this game is happening. So when I had time, I sat down, I pulled my notebook out, and, and I, I, I scripted everything and noted everything just like I would if I was sitting there uh, at Ford Field. The 11th drive of the game, it's, it's insane. Um, the 11th drive of the game was the commander's best drive of the, the game. Now, Dotson's explosive play, the 40-yard pass uh, connection with Carson Wentz came on the team's ninth possession, so two possessions earlier. But on this one, on the 11th, Wentz hit McLaurin, Samuels, and Thomas each for 20-yard gains or more on that 11th drive, culminating with the touchdown connection to Logan Thomas that made it a one-score game at the time. And I do want to give some credit to Scott Turner here for not going away from that type of seam, you know, over-the-middle type route from Carson to Logan after that interception, showing faith in your guys, showing faith in your quarterback, go out there, fix it, get it right. Of course, that interception turns out to be huge, right? Because if that interception doesn't happen, remember, if you go back to that, at the time of the interception, the commanders are moving the ball. They're in Detroit territory. They're moving the ball. They're getting some momentum. Potentially, that Logan Thomas touchdown, guys, could actually be a game-tying touchdown if that interception doesn't happen. But no use in the crying over spilled milk. The, the pass distribution, the way that it can get going, again, you saw that kind of on that 11th drive just really all kind of come together. Now, those are reasons to be excited, I think. Now, my final kind of bid to keep you guys excited and hopefully get some of you guys out there at FedEx kind of goes, LP, you said it, right? Worst case scenario, guys. Uh, the Eagles game is about 30 minutes after kickoff by the time you're watching this premiere, uh, if I can get this thing up on time. Washington, worst case scenario, one game out of the NFC East lead behind the New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles. Best case scenario, they're coming in against the Eagles team is also one and one. Obviously, some of you are going to know the result of that, but this thing is a, is a long way from over, right? An ugly loss is an ugly loss and it's painful, especially with the history that this team has, especially recently. And I get it, right? But try to keep it in focus for this one. If you don't go, it's because you're worried you're going to be wasting your time because of what's going to happen beyond week three. Focus on week three. This is this team's 500. They're going in. They're one game behind their opponent or they're tied with their opponent who's expected to win the NFC East. Go out there, cheer your team on, and actually have an impact on what could actually happen. I promise you guys, the crowd in week one helped the commanders win that game. It was electric. It was loud. It was exciting. I promise you that crowd had an impact on winning that game. So kind of like I'm, I'm like doing like a voting pitch here, right? Go rock the FedEx. I like rock the vote, right? Trust me, you guys have an impact. So if you're thinking about going, stop thinking, do it, get out there. Even if they lose, you're going to give them the best chance you can possibly give them of winning by having that home field advantage. Of course, there's plenty to improve on as well. So we're going to get to that too. My, my top item on the list of improves ties in with what Bill in Arkansas has to say as well. Hey, Chris, David. This is uh, Bill, Arkansas. First, I'd like to say now it's just a terrible, terrible, terrible game. Um, just god-awful defense. I mean, I actually think that the defense has gotten worse. I, I mean, the secondary is just atrocious, man. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. I, they couldn't cover a pillow with a parachute, man. I mean, that is sad. And as far as much slack, I mean, the, with the linebackers, as, as much with everybody was on Jamin Davis's case, man, man, uh, Cole Holcomb didn't look, he played like garbage himself. Dude. Man, I mean, he looked horrible out there. Man, he looked completely lost, man. I mean, so we got to, you know, kind of expect more from him, too. I mean, Jesus. 
But just all in all, this defense was just terrible. I mean, they went up and down the field on us at at will, man. And uh, I, I just don't know what to say. I, I really don't look. I, people were saying that this was going to be a this, you know, a team was going to be things were going to be different. And all that. I don't think so, man. I I really not with that type of defense because I just don't see it happening. Anyway, I. That's all I want to say, man. I, I guess I'm just feeling down and down and out right now. Jesus, man. I, come on, guys. You got to do better. How can you go home to your family knowing that you're playing, leaving and you know, performing like that, man? I just don't know, man. Just, I hope things can get better, but uh, I don't know. Anyway, that's all I got to say. You guys have a great one. Peace. All right, Bill. I hear, I feel the frustration in your voice. I really do. Uh, and I appreciate you guys calling in. I appreciate you sticking with us through it all. I promise we're going to be here with you through it all as well. And when this team is winning, we're going to be here with you to help you guys celebrate it. In the meantime, if you're looking for a way to get a win while the Washington Commanders are figuring out how to get their win, let me turn you on to our friends at Prize Picks. I love Prize Picks. I love the app. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love Daily Fantasy. Uh, I'm not the greatest at it, to be honest with you, but I love what they're doing over at Prize Picks. It's very simple. You pick two to five players. You project whether or not they're going to surpass their projection or come under the projections. So for example, you got a quarterback. They project 222 and a half yards. If you're like, that quarterback's going to throw way over that, you hit the you hit the more. If you think they're going to go under it, you hit the less. If that player hits their more or less than that projection that you selected, you win. Pick at least two players, up to five players. The more players you pick, the more you get right, the more you win. You can get up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people it's just you versus the projections and you know what if you don't like to do your fantasy work in your nfl you don't want to mix the fanhood with with the with the money and all that they've got nba major league baseball hockey pga college football college basketball soccer wmba disc golf europe european basketball cricket they've got all kinds of stuff guys safe and fast withdrawals when you do make some money currently operational over 30 states and canada Go to the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. Sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you put in $100, they'll give you $100. $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up at prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app for your instant deposit match up to $100. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, back now for our final segment of the Locked On Commanders podcast. Coming off of Bill's voicemail, leading into my improve area. My improvement area, explosive defense. I'm actually going to agree with Commanders head coach Ron Rivera here. If you go back into that press conference, talk about the explosive plays, right? He mentioned that the Detroit Lions had six explosive plays. I actually counted nine, right? So let's break them down. First, Goff took to uh, Amon Ross St. Brown for 49 yards to the Washington 24. Then you had DeAndre Swift going for 50 yards to the Washington 7. Khalif Raymond's 52-yard free kick return after the safety. Goff to Josh Reynolds for 33 yards to the Washington 41. Jamal Williams running 12 yards to the Detroit 44. 
St. Brown for 58 yards to the Washington 17. St. Uh, Swift, rather, for 22 yards uh, for the touchdown. Goff to tight end Brock Wright for 24 yards to the Washington 12. And then, again, St. Brown for 10 yards to the Washington 33. Now, again, I count nine. Rivera, may people are kind of a little, a little bit different, right? The way I was taught is that a 10-yard or more run is also considered and explosive. Not everybody uses the same metrics for anything, so football would be no different. And, of course, Khalif Raymond's 52-yard return may not count in Ron Rivera's calculations as well. So if you take out the two runs, uh, the 10-yarder for St. Brown, the 12-yarder for Williams, and the 52-yard return, that takes you down to six. So that's probably where we are on that. But either way, it's it's a lot of explosive plays, right? And you absolutely need to, to trim down on it, right? But there's a little bit of good news in the defensive stats in that despite everything that happened, Commanders only allowed the Lions to convert four of 13 third down tries. And that's that's a great number. It's an amazing stat. And if you go back to last year, that was like their worst part of their defense. Here's the problem, though. Here's what happened on those four third downs. The first one was Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown for 49 yards on third and three that took the ball from the Detroit 22-yard line into field goal range. The next third down that they allowed to be converted was Goff to St. Brown again, this time 13 yards for third on third and five. That was a touchdown. Swift then ran the ball for 22 yards on a third and 15. That was also a touchdown. Then that pass from Goff to right, the tight end, a 24-yard connection on third and two. That drive ended in a touchdown. So four third down conversions led directly or partially to 24 points worth of offense. For the Detroit Lions. So that was a big four conversions that they gave up. Uh, one of them could have been the, the three touchdown drives could have been field goals or possibly nothing. The field goal could have been nothing at all. That team could have been getting off of the field going even further into that. The Lions scored just three points when the commander's defense prevented a third down conversion uh, on a drive. Seven points came on a drive where the Lions simply didn't have to face a third down. Still, that's only 10 points. That drive that uh, they had no third downs that they even faced was the one that gave them the 22 nothing first half lead. So that's where you need to see them improve the explosive defense. I agree with Ron Rivera 100%. That's the biggest part of this whole thing. So we're going to wrap up today's episode with some news and notes, beginning with roster moves. Washington did release defensive tackle Donovan Jeter, who would come in after the injury to Fidelia Mathis. They claimed John Ridgeway, who was waived by the Dallas Cowboys. Coach Rivera also told us on Monday uh, during the press conference, the starting center, Chase Rulier is headed to the IR for a short period of time with any injuries. And he's going to miss at least four weeks, but the good news is it doesn't look related to the injury that he battled back from just this last training camp. In the meantime, Wes Schweitzer is identified as the stand-in center for Ron Rivera's squad. Wes Martin is the primary backup, while Sadiq Charles will serve as the emergency center. Hitting PFF grades. I'm not going to hit them all because I know Chris likes to dive into them as well. But some quick notes here. Left tackle Charles Leno Jr. came away as the highest offensive-graded player uh, for the commanders and their loss to the lines, while Cam Sims ended up with the lowest grade. Interesting to see, not the grade specifically, but how this play impacts uh, the status of De'Ami Brown, who just got one offensive snap on Sunday against the Lions. On defense, Benjamin St. Juice had the best grade of any defender who played more than 16 snaps, and safety Bobby McCain was the worst. Derek Forrest came away with a 44 overall grade after hitting the 90s in week one. So, like the Washington Commanders as a total totality and a holistic view, a fall from grace. But you guys continue to stick through it. That's why you're one of the most loyal fan bases, if not the most loyal fan base in the National Football League. I appreciate you guys for what you go through, for how loyal you are. 
to the team. And again, hope to see you out there at FedEx Field if you're available, if you have the time and the resources to uh, to get there. Hope you're there because I promise you it does make an impact. Thanks again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen or review of the day. You guys make an impact on Chris and I every day, and we greatly appreciate you, especially people like LP and Bill who called in with their voicemails. Now make your second listen, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. We will be back. Chris will be back tomorrow. He will also be back on Thursday because he's taking over crossover duties for me this week. So next time I speak to you will be Friday as we give our final look at the NFC East division rival matchup, Washington Commanders versus the Philadelphia Eagles. In the meantime, if you got questions or topics or something you want to discuss, send them in to LockedOnWashingtonCommanders at gmail.com or call in to 301-615-3577. For Chris Russell, the Russell and Methurst Show on the Team 980, I'm David Harrison of SI.com Fan Nation Commander Country. Thanks for joining us. If you're on about, please be safe and kind of one another. And thank you for joining me right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.